Good morning, good morning, good morning. We praise God for another beautiful day in which he has made. I choose to rejoice regardless of what's going on around me, inside of me. Oh, my God, I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank God for all that are on the line this morning, and we are excited about the word that's coming forth this morning to challenge us, to empower us. Come on up uh, to the standard. Come on up to be where God created us to be so that we can have, we can do, and be everything that he intended for us to be. Oh, Father, we thank you this morning for a beautiful day. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace. Oh, Father God, we just thank you for another chance to come and learn. Lord God, to come and be challenged. Oh, God, to stand up in holiness and in righteousness. Lord, to live the life that we sing and preach and teach about. Father, we thank you for your woman of God that is coming forth with a right now on time life changing word, Lord God, that not only this morning, Lord, will it bring comfort and peace, God, and even correction, but even when they go back to listen on iTunes or in the archives on Black Talk, God, we just say thank you for what you're doing in this hour. Lord, we lift up everyone that is on this line. We lift everyone that will come and listen later, Lord God. Oh, God, we just thank you for being peace to their minds, Lord. Oh, God, we lift every depressed heart, every oppressed heart, every angry, disappointed God, heart, Lord God. And we just thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. And, God, we give you the glory for it. Lord, we give you the praise for it. God, we just thank you now. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord, for meeting every need. God, we thank you for healing every wound. Lord, we even speak to the abandoned heart, the abandoned spirit this morning, the orphan spirit, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for being the father, the mother, the sister, the brother, God, that your people need in the name of Jesus, that they know that they are not alone, Lord, that you are with them, you love them, and you have an excited, a good, an expected, an overflowing, abundant life waiting on them if they surrender and invite you in to make them home. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, woman of God. I thank God for you, um, and I turn this mic over to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. What an awesome day it is. We thank God for being here. We thank him for another opportunity. Um, We thank him for a word that's going to challenge us this morning. I tell you because I'm first partaker of everything that I give, and it is a challenging word. It's simple but practical, but it is challenging if you would just open up your hearts and open up your minds to receive what God has for us on today. Um, I want us to turn our attention in the Word of God, and of course, you can always read this at your leisure, but I'm going to read it. We're going to Acts chapter 1, and I want to begin at verse 1, just for clarity. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven 
after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so this morning I have a question, and my question this morning is, how is your witness? The scripture says that when we receive the Holy Ghost, because he told the apostles to wait. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to receive power. And that power is going to allow you to become my witnesses. So my question this morning is, how is your witness? As an evangelist, and, and, and that is my call, that is what God has called me to do, I, I, I want to know, what's your witness? Now, when you think of witness, you know, I watch Law and Order. I like Law and Order Special Victims Unit. I really like it. I've been fighting cases all week. I like it. I guess because it's Law and Order, and that's what God is about, order. Amen. But I like it. And so, you know, when they go to court, they have witnesses. And the witness is designed to come and tell what they saw, exactly what they saw, not, you know, hearsay, something that they witnessed. And they expect you to tell the truth about something you know, something that you have witnessed. Um, if you've been in a car accident, the cops come, they got to get a witness statement. If something happens, some kind of tragedy, who's ever around, those are the people who are called witnesses. And they are counting on us to give an accurate account of what has happened. So my question this morning is, how is your witness? If the, Holy, if, if, if the word of God this morning says that we need the Holy Ghost in order to be an effective witness for him because we need power, then I'm wondering, do we have enough oil to do what God has called us to do? So just for a few minutes, I want to talk about the ABCs of evangelism and how you witness. I was at a church function, and we were selling food. And um, there were some people there. A young lady came. She was military. <coughs> Excuse me. She was military. She had just moved to our community, and she came to buy a plate. And I began to have a conversation with her because that is my nature. That's what I do. And uh, I said, what church do you go to? Have you found a church? Have you been visiting? She said, no, ma'am, I haven't, but I'm looking. And I invited her to the church. And uh, once she left and as we were cleaning up and gathering things, you know, getting ready to go, one of the members of the church said to me, you know what? It never dawned on me to invite that young lady to church. You know, my heart was broken. My heart was broken because here we are doing an evangelistic outreach, and nobody thought to invite the young lady to church. Nobody thought to be a witness of what God has done. Nobody thought to be a witness of how God has changed their lives and want to make sure that that lady has, a, has an opportunity to partake of what we partake of. Something was wrong. How is your witness? Let me tell you, I failed, and it was an epic fail, and that's why I'm so, I'm so 
is, is so strong. I was at Pofolks. I like chicken. I was at Pofolks, and I had ordered lunch. I had worked with a man, and um, we stood there talking. He had just he had, he had lost his wife about a year or so ago, and then he had just most recently lost his son. And he talked to me about it, and he said, you know, I'm just dealing with some things. Now, I'm having a, a real conversation. He's waiting on his food. I'm waiting on my food. We're going to have to get together. Um, I know he was very fond of my husband. We're going to have to get together. I'm going to have you over for dinner. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That would be good. And, I, and in my heart, y'all, listen, really, really, uh, and, and, and I'm telling the God's truth. In my heart, I wanted to have this man over for dinner. So I called my husband, and I, and I said, hey, I just ran into, and, and uh, I, I want to invite him over for dinner. Let's get him over for dinner. My husband said, yeah, yeah, let's get him over because I want to share. You know, I just because he's got he's going through some things and he's depressed and he lost his son. And, you know, and my husband said, absolutely. Well, you know, life happened. And, and when I say life happened, nothing bad happened. Just kept going, kept going to work. I was working a night shift at the time and, and uh, kept going to work. And the Holy Spirit brought him back to my remembrance. And I called my husband and I said, hey, do you know how to get in touch with his name is Tom. Do you know how to get in touch with Tom? Because I want to do something this week. Can we have him over for dinner this week? Now, my intent was not just to have him over for dinner, saints. My intent was to have him over so that I could talk to him about the gospel. I knew when I was talking to him that day, he didn't understand anything about Jesus. But let me help you. I called my husband at work, and I said, can you get in touch with Tom? And he said, babe, I got some news. They found Tom dead in his house. Listen, I had missed an opportunity to be a witness. And when I say I struggled, I mean, I'm recanting the story now, and I'm, I'm struggling. When I tell you I struggled, and I cried out to God, and I said, never again will I miss an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. Never again will I miss the opportunity to talk about how good you are. Never again will I miss the opportunity to offer Christ to somebody. Epic sale. My heart sunk. My stomach was in pits for months. What if, now watch this. Here's your key. What if I was the last person that talked to him, that knew God, and here I had the cure for his dis-ease, his sin-sick dis-ease, and I didn't give him a cure, and he died with a sickness. What if his eyes we're lifted in hell. I don't know. We can't look at a person and tell whether or not they have a relationship with Christ. I don't know why we do that in church because it ain't about what you got on. It's about what you got in. But what if I was the last person that saw him alive, that had a relationship with the Father, and I didn't share because I put it off? I was going to have him over for dinner, but the word of God was the meat that he needed right then. I was waiting to provide physical food for him when God wanted me to give him spiritual food right there. How is your witness? How many times have you missed ministry on your way to church? How many times have you missed the leading of the Holy Spirit that said, say something to that young lady? Say something to that young man. Share your testimony. Times have we missed that? See, because the problem is we're trying to be a wonder in the church, but we're a wimp in these streets. How many times? Have I missed the opportunity to be a witness? Because he said in the word, when the Holy Ghost comes, it was going to give me power. So maybe I don't have the Holy Ghost. Is that what it is? 
Is God telling me that I don't have enough oil? I'm telling you, we don't have enough oil to do what he's called us to do because we won't get in his presence and let us fill him and, and let him fill us up. How's your witness? Because first of all, in order to be an effective witness, we know you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to do this, but you have to be available. We are available for everything but witnessing the gospel. You have to be available, and then you have to be bold. That means you have to have a strong conviction that no matter what the person responds, no matter what they say, you stand flat-footed and say, I'm telling you what I know. I'm a living witness that I was sick and he healed my body. I'm a living witness that I was a sinner and he kept me from going to hell. I'm a living witness that he changed my life. You have to be bold, and then you have to be consistent. And that means you have to do this all the time, every interaction that we have with somebody. All to be to talk about the goodness of Jesus. If they are believing in iron and sharpening iron, if they're not, then you're snatching them from the fire. What good is it for a house to be on fire and the fireman go in and fix the pictures on the wall but leave the people in there? It is a tragedy. And how many of us are just like those firemen? You see the house is on fire. You see the person is in flames. But you'd rather talk about how cute their outfit is. You'd rather talk about how cute their earrings are. You'd rather talk about, oh, let me tell you about this movie. Let me tell you about the shoe sale rather than snatch that person from the fire. You want to talk about cosmetics. Jesus wants to talk about conversion. You need to be daring. I mean, you got to take a chance. You remember when we were kids <clears throat> to play a game called Truth or Dare. And only if you were really bold, you know, you would take that dare. You don't know what people are going to dare you to do. But you need to be daring when it comes down to being a, 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 an evangelist. And the scripture tells us that we have to do the work of an evangelist. You don't have to have the title to do the work. But you need to be daring. That means I'm willing to, to, to do it. I'm willing to say it no matter what it costs. I'm willing to do it even though I know I'm going to reap consequences for it because I know the God that I serve is already taking care of that. You need to be enthusiastic. What is it about this new thing where this look on our face, this ugly look, you know, we all frowned up, and that's supposed to signify holiness. There's no enthusiasm. Why would people want to come to God and you look miserable? Nothing is going right. You always got a complaint. Something is always wrong. Now, I'm not saying things don't happen. The Bible says that many of the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers them all. But how do you say, you know what, I, I don't, I'm not feeling good in my body but God. I can tell the truth without being miserable. The doctors gave me a bad report, but I choose to believe the report of the Lord. So miserable. But say we saved and, and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. <coughs> Where's our enthusiasm? And then you have to be faithful. Are you faithful? Do I only talk about Jesus when I'm in church? Because, see, here's the thing. You're in church with other people who talk about Jesus. And although we know that everybody that's on the roll is not on the way, what happened to getting outside the four walls of the church and being intentional about talking to people who don't know the Father? Because he said he was coming back when the gospel was preached all over, but what are you doing to help the cause? When is the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Maybe somebody died after they talked to you, and you had what they needed, and you didn't share. Is that blood on your hand? Do you now have to repent? Did you open up the obituary page and you saw the person was gone on? 
And you don't know if they were going on to be with the Lord because you don't know what their relationship was. But you had an opportunity to offer Christ, and you didn't. I don't know how many times I've attended funerals. And, I mean, we have people who come to funerals of the deceased who we know. Junebug is shot. Everybody is there. They got the T-shirts on. They poured it out for their homie. You know how we do. And we get up there, and there's a platform. And we talk about Jesus. We'll preach. And people will shout and cry out, and we'll say something about the deceased and, you know, use little cute terms. But then we don't offer Christ to the people who are in the church who are not coming back to the church until the next homie dies. Is that not a platform for you to be a witness? Is that not a platform for you to share the gospel and invite people to come and make a life-changing decision? It, It bothers me in my spirit. There should never be a time where we come into the house of God and Christ is an offering. And there should never be a time where you as a believer are interacting with somebody else and Jesus doesn't come up. Never? You never tell anybody about the goodness of God? You never mention God, but that's your father? We talk about everybody else, but we don't talk about him because we're not faithful. Then you have to be grateful. You have to be grateful because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he does for me, all he's done for me, all that he's going to do for me, is my soul really crying out, hallelujah, or is that just something they taught me to say? Because when I think of his goodness and I think about how he changed my life and I think about how he changed my mind about my own sins, I'm saying, Lord, I thank you. And I'm so grateful for what you've done for me. I can't wait to share that with somebody else. Then you got to be holy. Uh-oh, I just cussed. Because holiness now is a cuss word. Holiness is a cuss word. What you mean I got to be holy? What you saying? So you saying, I, I can't, okay, okay, you're talking about holiness. You're talking about holiness, so I got to dress a certain way. It ain't about how you dress, but the Holy Ghost will tell you that that dress is too short. The Holy Ghost will tell you that that dress is too tight. Yeah, the Holy Ghost will tell you. You get in the mirror and you get ready to go, and the Holy Spirit will speak and say, no, not that, baby. Don't wear that because you don't want to bring attention to yourself. No, 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 because all your parts are showing. Take that off. Go on and donate that one to Goodwill. Because some of us trying to wear dresses from 1964 and 2018. Go on and release that. Lay aside every weight. Go on and release that. Go on and release that. We need to be holy. Well, I'm not having sex with anybody. I'm not sleeping with anybody. I don't even ha- I'm not even doing that. But you're masturbating at night while you're watching HBO. Holiness. Holiness. And see, we don't like to talk about that. I'm not, I'm not sleeping with women, but you're lusting after me. And, and you're a man. Holiness. Holiness. The easiest thing, but it's right. God is calling for holiness. I got to be holy in my actions. Holy in my conversation, holy in my lifestyle. Holiness is a lifestyle. It's not a denomination because they got on a long skirt. It's a lifestyle. Let me move on because y'all getting nervous. Initiate. You need to initiate the conversation. Be proactive. Make sure. I intend every day when I leave this house to talk about Jesus <coughs> to somebody. I'm intentional about it. And I initiate the conversation. I don't wait for people to ask me. Now, people ask me because of my life, and they may ask me because of something I say, but I don't wait for them to ask me, hey, what church you go to? Do you know? Because, see, it's not just about getting them to the church. It's about getting them into the kingdom. Sunday might not come to them, but the kingdom is now, right now. 
and then you have to be joyful. We talked about joy and enthusiasm, and then you have to have a discernment. Do you know that the Lord will let you know when somebody is ready? Because remember, people are drawn by the Father. It is the Holy Spirit that draws people and prepares the hearts of men. And God will let you know through his discernment, there's that Holy Ghost. This person is right. Right now they're ready. Are you ready to give your life to Christ? Yes, right there in Walmart. Yes, right there in the McDonald's drive-thru while I'm waiting on my unsalted fries. Yes, because somebody has planted, somebody has watered, and God is getting ready to give the increase, and he's going to use you. And then we need to be loyal. People need to be able to trust us. We need to be merciful. While you're sharing, you need to remember where you came from. Don't forget where you came from trying to tell somebody where you're going. And then this is a simple one. Just be nice. Church folks, I don't understand why we're so mean. I guess because we church folks. See, believers have a different kind of attitude. Be nice to people. Nobody wants to come and know about Jesus if they think he's, a, he's mean and hateful. He is not. But sometimes we don't represent him well. We don't represent him well. He said, with loving kindness have I drawn them. Jesus was compassionate. We're not. Be nice. Be obedient. Be obedient. That means you've got to get in the word. You've got to hear what God is saying to you, and then you have to act that out. You've got to be able to walk it and talk it. Be obedient, and then be prayerful. And I don't mean just over your food. Pray so God can give you some direction. We talked about that last week, about trusting in the Lord with all our heart and leaning out into our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledging God and he will direct prayer. Prayer is going to give you direction. God will let you know what he wants to do. He's going to speak to your heart through prayer. You want to be an effective witness? You have to pray. And then you have to be quick to forgive. I'm telling you about a Jesus, a God who, who died to forgive my sins that I got a grudge. Okay, that's an oxymoron. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. I'm telling you about his grace and mercy, but I won't offer you any. Got a problem. And then you need to be relevant. You got to meet people where they are, for where they are. Even on my job, God gives me wisdom because I am who I am, but he gives me wisdom to do exactly what he's called me to do in, in, right there in my natural surroundings. I work around a lot of young people. I work around a lot of millennials, and they have questions. I just invited a, a young lady to church on yesterday. She said, Miss Nikki, I want to come to your church. This young lady is 20 years old, y'all, and I'm going to ask you to pray for her. She's 20 years old. She's got an eight-month-old child at home, and she's uh, three months pregnant. Yeah, you did the math. The baby was five months old. They made another baby. Yeah, 20 years old. And she said, I'm, I'm scared to leave him because I don't want to be by myself. But Jesus said that he was a friend that stayed closer to the brother. I said, oh, baby, you need the Lord. You need the Lord. He'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you, and you won't have to fear that. So you allowing yourself to get into this situation because I'm afraid to be by myself. She said, and her boyfriend had the nerve to tell her, you need to submit to me. You need to read your Bible. That's what I'm talking about. Pray for her. I said, baby, you have the need of a savior. So every break, she came to my desk. She came in there and let's talk about it. She had questions. And here's the thing. And we didn't have to open up the Bible. 
I, I, I didn't have to open up and pull up a scripture and take a text. It was my life. I just began to witness because I was young and 20. If we have enough witnesses in the earth, listen, God is the giver of life. But why are we having more baby showers and more gender reveals than we are engagement announcements and weddings? Excited about the babies. Amen. Because God is the giver of life. But are we talking to these young ladies? Because you do know what causes that. And if you're not married, it's called fornication. If fornication is a sin, why don't we talk about that? Now, I'm not talking about condemning people. Some of y'all can't talk to them because you'll condemn them and you forgot when you was doing the same thing back in 1962. But I'm saying, when are we going to be the witnesses that say, baby, I was there. You don't have to do that. I'm going to help you with this, baby, but you don't have to keep doing that. Let me tell you why. And you deal with the issues. God begins to use you to deal with the issues because there's an emptiness on the inside. That's why you got to be relevant. You got to be able to say, look at where God has brought me from. And then you got to be a person that can shift the atmosphere. When you walk into there and they get ready to tell the dirty joke, they ought to feel bad when they see you come. On my job right now, they'll slip and say a cuss word and then say, oh, oh, excuse my language. Now, it's not me. It's the God in me. Excuse my language. I didn't mean to say that. Yes, they did, because that's what's in their heart. But they excuse themselves because I was in their presence. You got to be able to shift the atmosphere, and you got to be able to share your testimony, your real testimony, not somebody else's testimony. Tell them what God has done for you. And God will give you wisdom on what to share and how to share. Everybody isn't as transparent as I am, and for good reason. There is an assignment attached to even that kind of transparency. You can't just tell everything. Some stuff God won't allow you to share. But he'll allow you to, to, to talk about the, the effects of what he did without going into the, you know, specific particulars. Because everybody might not be able to handle your testimony like that. Sometimes you got to, yeah, sometimes you got to fix it a little bit. Because people who are weaker in the faith might not be able to handle that. You need to share. But you don't need to give them all the, the, the gory details. And then you need to be under the influence. My uncle, when I was growing up, used to drink. And he used to start early Saturday morning. And he would be playing the blues and you could hear the music. I lived on the third floor. He lived on the first. You could hear the music. And he started drinking early in the morning. And I would go downstairs because my aunt used to cook and make ice cream. And I oh, it was a wonderful time, wonderful memories. And I remember when my uncle would talk to me, his words would be slurred. His eyes were red. He was so happy and friendly, though, y'all. But you could tell he was under the influence. You could tell that something about him was different. It wasn't, he wasn't like me. He was under the influence of something. When is the last time you allow God to put you under the influence? My words are, are slurred because I'm under the influence. So that means I'm not cussing anymore. I got a song now, but not that kind of tone that I used to have excited about the things of God, and I got joy, and I'm telling the truth, because you know they say when people get drunk, they start talking the truth. <laughs> I'm being truthful. When is the last time you allowed the Lord that you be under the influence? And then you have to be vested. That means I'm committed to this until the day I die. You got to be willing 
sometimes you got to be extra and over the top. You got to be yielded, and you have to have a zeal for God. Go back and listen to it. Am I being a witness? Ask yourself. Starting today, I challenge you. Ask yourself, how is my witness? And if people are watching my life and listening to my conversation and seeing how I treat people and watching how I act, am I making the kingdom inviting for them? Why do they want to leave the kingdom of darkness to come over here and I look just like them? Why am I telling them to step out on faith? Why am I telling them to forsake what they know and come over here with me if my witness doesn't line up? How is your witness? If God had to call you right now into the court to testify on behalf of somebody else, on behalf of him, what would your witness be? And would it be enough for him to win the case? Ask yourself this week, how's my witness? Am I using every opportunity that God gives me to share the gospel, to talk about the love of Christ, to to snatch somebody from the fire? Ask yourself, how's my witness? Amen. 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 My God, my God, what a word, what a word. Woman of God, I couldn't type fast enough. Thank you for that. You know, it's so amazing how um, small details that we forget or we don't think about that the Lord is really using you to tell us the little intricate details about being an effective witness. We're taught to go. We're taught to do certain things. But there are certain things that we can do to make things worse for the people we're talking to. So we thank God for you giving us a full demonstration of how to to bring someone, introduce someone to Jesus, what to do, and most importantly, what not to do. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for your servant this morning, God, for every bit of virtue that she released on this morning in Jesus' name, Lord. Meet every need in our household, oh God, and we thank you for the heads of protection around her, her children, her family, Lord God, and we thank you for the testimony that you are building with her family, God. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing over her body. And we thank God for each one of you. We will be back here next week at the same time. Be encouraged, but most of all, allow the God of all creation, who is your Father, to make you whole. Amen, amen, and amen.